Yay. Now we are recording. Is it live? Does it alert you guys when I start recording? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little, little tiny bit in the corner. Just in the corner. Okay. Uh, from now on, make sure that thing is on. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Round two. Welcome Noted. to the Blacktop Pulpit. Good I am morning. Andrew, the pastor of the church at Sunsites. Welcome to our special Easter episode of the Blacktop Pulpit. I have here with me my wife, Katie Cannon. Darby, one of our church members who, once again, for our listeners, is our second go at this because I forgot to record the first time. Is uh, this live? Is this live? <laughs> Darby, uh, who is here taking PA's place, uh, he will be using some PA-isms during the episode and trying to make some PA faces. Uh, we are also here with uh, Ken and Kathy, more of our church members, and today's episode is very special because it is Passion Week. And because we will be introducing a little something special later in the episode. Yeah, that was a little awkward doing twice. Uh, so a little bit, but man, you did a really like I thought you were reading off a script. You did so perfectly there. <laughs> no, it's a no. Next time, make sure I'm recording the first time, y'all. Please. I, I don't even remember the my my great quit toward Ken. Oh, yeah. What'd you think about the sermon on Sunday? Oh, of course you like it. Anytime you think of, anytime you hear something that's even close to post-mill, you get all giddy like a little child. All right. That's what I said previously. Right. So I, I felt a need yes. to say Now we're up to date. It was only about 60 to 90 seconds, and, and I was dancing a little bit and saying, yay, post-mill. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you you said you, were, you wanted to read through, and that's where we stopped when you were like, oh, yeah, oh I said, man. Yeah, I said, I want to read through. Oh, I'm not even recording something to that effect. So <laughs> let's read the passage from, from Sunday here. Oh, that's a little, oh, good that's a little tiny on here. Let's see. Can I? Well. Do you need my glasses? On the next day, <laughs> on the next day, the large crowd who had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him. And, ah, Ken, can you read that? That's a little small for me. On the screen. the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him, crying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And then Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Yeah. So there it is. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for saving my life there. That's a, uh, I did not realize on the big screen that was going to be such a small Small fonts. <laughs> hey, I'm here for you, brother. Anytime. Yeah, appreciate it. That's, that's what I love about this place. Everybody's here for you. <laughs> that's right. Um, so, so you had asked me. I will. I will respond. Like when, when, when in seriousness. Um, 
the the overarching <clears throat> sermon on this passage was was faithfully handled and and I celebrate like when I get giddy and dance a little bit because of <laughs> preaching it's because like this is this is what we should rejoice over is the kingship and lordship of Jesus and mm-hmm. and so many people don't proclaim his kingship today and here and and when we hear that um any other message preached like king jesus will rule one day and it's like <laughs> and just sad and and like there is real joy and excitement knowing that our living and reigning king is king here now present over heaven and earth that's exciting so yes, like when when I say, oh, it was a good sermon. Oh, like it was faithfully preached, and every faithfully preached message is a good sermon that honors Christ. So that's that's exciting for me, and I get giddy because my King is ruling today, and I'm I'm sad and sorry for many who are waiting for the kingship of Jesus because he is he is ruling, and it's exciting. Yeah, he he yeah. is King. Uh, which brings me to a point like I really want to make during this episode and really the whole of of Easter week, uh, Passion Week. Um, of course, every day this week I'm doing a, a video. So yesterday was Fig Monday. I did a, did a little video for Fig Monday. Today is Holy Tuesday. So I'm hoping to incorporate that into this episode of uh, Blacktop Pulpit. Um, but we live during a time which not many people have heard the gospel. Uh, They've heard a gospel. Uh, They've heard about some things that Christ has done. Uh, And you ask like uh, uh, academically minded people, uh, sociologists, uh, what age we live in. And they'll say in, especially in the Western world, we we now live in a post-Christian age. Uh, And I am going to say, I I wholeheartedly disagree with that. I think we've moved beyond post-Christian and we're now in another pre-Christian era in the United States. Um, because now the gospel has an opportunity, the true gospel now has an opportunity to fall on fresh ears where people haven't necessarily heard it before. Um, and uh, society is like, it seems to be seems to be crumbling all around us, right? Everything we experience, the ways of the world uh, are proving to not be working, are proving to do exactly the opposite of what they claim to do. And people are wondering, well, is, is peace really possible? Is justice really possible? Is it really possible to end oppression? Because even with the, (laughs) even with like all the means of the world that claim to end oppression, uh, those means are actually causing more oppression. And people who weren't racist before, because of all this racialization stuff, now they're becoming racist. And the and the current movement of the world is like encouraging people to be racist and sexist, and it's um, canceling genders and canceling sexes so much so that women and children and minorities are actually now suffering as a result of worldly movements that they're calling progress, which is actually regress to 200 years in the past, right? And it's this vicious cycle of worldly trying to fix things and it's not working. And now like the gospel, which actually corrects all of those things in a real way, not in a social justice way, but in a real justice way, uh, now, it, like when people hear it, it's like this message is going to be so attractive moving forward. And that's why I'm particularly excited 
uh, during Passion Week this year. The gospel message, the Easter message, has a chance this year to fall on on fresh ears uh, who perhaps have never heard a proper gospel presentation. That's really good. I heard the other day that atheism from kids coming out of school and college has grown 162%. And Mm. that the churches have gone down. But if you look at that, the people nowadays are a lot less genuinely happy and they don't have the household, the Jesus in their life. And this is a good time. As Andrew said, this is a good time for people to hear that message fresh and raw and not sugar-coated with all these other liberal themes, but just the raw word to the people as it was in the beginning. It should be in the end. So that's my take on that. Well, and I notice it also, like, as I'm teaching through the book of Revelation on Sundays, uh, you notice, like, I'll say, now this interpretation has been really popular in the past. And there are people who say, well, I've never heard that, even though it, like, became really, really popular. So people are even hearing the book of Revelation with fresh ears, which is nice. Uh, Some are uh, hearing the book of Revelation with fresh ears, which is nice. I think, unfortunately, too many never had to think about it. Oh, go ahead. The book of Revelation at all. <laughs> right. That uh, scary book that you stay away from. <laughs> yeah, well, scary book you stay away yeah, from. Growing no, up, I had lots of friends that were afraid to read it just from their reputation. And I'm like, but we win. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read the last chapter. <laughs> but we win. I mean, it's a great, it's a great revelation that John gives us. I mean, it's just yeah. amazing that he get well to me. As a human, it's amazing that he could remember all that and write it down <laughs> because he got a lot. That's like drinking through a fire hose. So John's amazing. Um, it's not a scary You already book. went through that huge cup of coffee, Andrew? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. He needs a coffee IV. So no nice. kidding. That would be good. That's why I'm glad that one of the qualifications for being an elder of the church is not, um, uh, you know, uh, don't drink too much coffee. Good. <laughs> yeah, I think. Goodness, I hope not. But, but yeah. unfortunately, it probably is on the books in some places. And <laughs> can, can drunkard be construed as a coffee drinker? <laughs> no, I don't think so. o- only if. See, uh, so if the basic Irish. definition of of being drunk, right, is having consumed a substance or taken in a substance of some kind that has debilitated your ability to reason or has removed your basic wits uh, from, from about you. And uh, I think coffee sharpens rather than debilitates. Don't you? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh man. Let me, um, if I can bring up the passage you did in Zechariah, because I think it would be interesting to at least have a, at least a brief conversation on a topic that definitely is, is loudly in these passages. When you think about the kingship of Jesus and it is another, you know, hotly debated area, which I think through its implications, you you really can't necessarily disagree, but we'll see like kind of through the conversation, Zechariah nine, 10, says, and I'm going to read from the NASB, but I'll also, you know, highlight the word difference that I'm looking at here. 
The NASB says, <clears throat> I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem and the, the, the bow of war will be cut off and he will speak peace to the nations and his dominion will be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. So the, the, the word there um, that I want to talk about is dominion. Uh, the ESV says rule. Um, the Holman Christian Bible says dominion. Uh, so it's essentially rule, dominion. The, the idea there is clear. Um, and, and what I'm thinking of bringing up when we're talking about the chaos that you brought up, Andrew, about the world and, and you know how things seem to have regressed, um, one of... One of the uh, the theologians, I think we, we both appreciate, Doug Wilson, brought up the idea that, or not the idea, his opinion, that we're at the brink of what's either going to be um, war because of the hatred of all people that seems to be for each other, or there's going to be a mass revival. Um, in that context of this passage and that idea, I was you know seeing this word dominion and and what we don't see happening just currently as we're trying to thwart off God's rule, his dominion over America, is the idea of theonomy or dominion theology, um, which essentially, um, just to boil it down, is, is we do um, God's law and we advocate for it. So when, when we look at the government um, well, what laws should be on the book? We would say, well, you have you have the the death penalty for murderers because you know God says eye for an eye. He says, you know, when you, when you take a life, you pay a life. You know, when you 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 rape somebody, you you get the death penalty. Like things like that. What laws um, should we have on the books? Not not talking about um, what a lot of fear about um, instituting a Christian religion. Like you must go to church on Sundays because we know the history of. You know, we know history has those types of acts, actions in place. I'm not talking about being forced to go to church. I'm talking about the law of Christ ruling over America. And and that's where I'm wanting to talk about that idea, whether we, we agree with it, whether we disagree with it, what, what we would ideally think should take place in governments and in our lands. And, and if that ultimately is the big problem we're facing because we're casting or we're trying to, we can't really cast off God's rule, but we're trying to cast off God's rule and, and, and it's causing the things that we're seeing today. So just curious, I some thoughts on that. If I can propose that idea. Bro, that's a huge topic. (laughs) I know it's a huge topic. We can touch the surface of it, right? We can touch the surface, yeah. Uh, do you notice something about my Logos software today? It's updated, Andrew. It's updated. I'm proud of you. <laughs> uh, you're always getting on to me because I haven't updated it. I updated it this morning, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, so this uh, the term dominion here and the promise of dominion coming with the Messiah um, basically, I mean, because I mean, if Jesus is God, Jesus is sovereign from the foundation of the world. He's always had divine dominion, right? That's something that has always belonged to Jesus. And so with the coming of the Messiah, when God delivers his people and 
the the son is born to to man um the dominion he takes is then a federal dominion which means dominion within his creation and just to get at the basics of that that means a literal kingship over every single nation on earth, every single physical nation on earth, such that every single nation on earth is subject to Christ. And what Christ says goes for that nation, no matter what worldly leaders are trying to do. And the only power any worldly leaders have is really um, under now, not only the divine sovereignty of Christ, but the federal dominion of Christ. And, uh, and Christ has federal authority to judge nations as he sees fit today. And I don't know if that's getting at what you're asking. That's scattershot yeah. on my point. I'm hoping to hit it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's basically what I'm, yeah, what I'm, what I'm pointing towards. And in large part where I see the problems that we're facing today is the attempt to cast off God's rule, mm-hmm. his dominion over our land. Yeah. Um, We'd seen the history of prosperity and a lot of unity and growth and strength in our in our, our country and our government, uh, the people. Uh, this is not saying that, that you know America was overwhelmingly Christian or anything like that. I don't know uh, the percentages, but but the the exaltation of Jesus in America was clear. Um, the foundation of our country was clear. Uh, the the kingship of Jesus uh, was generally observably embraced even by agnostics and atheists it's like oh this is the way things are here you know <clears throat> so yeah, well and even and even congress which was not all christian and uh, which was made up of different denominations of people uh some some of the people many of the people being deists rather than theists right uh, which is a worldview i don't think makes much sense but that's what they were even Congress uh, felt it necessary and beneficial for society to authorize the printing of Bibles and the distribution of Bibles to schools. Why? Uh, because they saw the Christian ethic uh, and the Christian standard of living and the Christian call to um, mutual mutual love and respect as beneficial. The Christian um, idea that all people are created equal under the authority of, of sovereign God, and now Christ um, being the federal authority over every nation, they, they saw that as a reality and as beneficial. And the, the further that we've removed ourselves from that line of thinking, the more controversy we have, such that now we don't people don't want equality in the nation. Instead, they want equity, which which causes us to weigh and measure people based on their identities and their preferences and the colors of their skin, which is itself racist and yep. sexist. So the further we get from God and the further we get from a biblical standard, the more, the more wicked we become as a nation. Um, and, and that bears out in the way that we sign laws and who we elect to office. It bears out in all of that. Yeah. Um, the further you get from honoring Christ as the federal authority of the state of the government, uh, the more the more your nation is just going to uh, to denigrate, to tear itself apart. Yep. Give to God what is God and Caesar what is Caesar. 
the caveat there is all things belong to God. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. All things. He's, he's the sovereign Lord. You know, when I was a kid in the 60s and 70s, and I hate to say that, but we got <laughs> we got little red Bibles in school. They just handed them out one day, and they didn't really explain anything. They just said, hey, if you want one of these Bibles, take it. And it had the red letters and everything. It was mm. awesome. And that was like uh, maybe fifth grade, fourth grade. So, yeah. Um, Very important. Ladies, what you think? Yeah, y'all have have y'all spoken this whole time? Y'all need to say something. We're, we're, I mean, in our current society, we're supposed to be about equity. Y'all have to have just as many seconds of airtime as, as we do, right? <laughs> I relinquish my seconds of airtime. <laughs> I haven't been, man, how much have I talked today? I'm sorry, babe. You I'm, do you. I'm, a... <laughs> I'm sorry for speaking and being male. <laughs> Please be I'm male. So I'm just I so know. glad I have a wife that lets me be a man. <laughs> you know, my word. <laughs> yeah, what do, you, what do y'all have? Y'all have some input. Y'all are smart. Y'all are intelligent. Yeah, you're probably smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I, I don't know. I need a specific question. Yeah, I need a specific question. A specific question. What is this thing I keep hearing about called SWS? <laughs> Secret women stuff. Is it woman stuff? Women's stuff? Women's. Women's. <laughs> You guys probably have a couple of weeks to figure it out yeah. in particulars, right? Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Let's, right. let's go. All right. So, so this will be a, a podcast that we start, me and Katie start, Secret Women Stuff, because yeah. it was funny when you said it. So we're going to roll with it. Um, what? It'll be it'll be a podcast where we talk about um, being a mom, being a wife, and trying to do it godly-like. Yeah. And... Um, I don't know. Are you going to play single ladies before every episode? Single ladies. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense. (laughs) We talked about being married. That's the element of irony, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Only if you Um, do. No, I'm uh, kidding. No, Ooh, you could be our mascot. <laughs> we could get Andrew dancing on a cup. He can identify you and Kim as a single stand lady. in the back and do the dance. Oh, no, I'm excited about it. This will be today. Today is the first time you will ever you have seen me in front of a camera, and it's super awkward. I don't like it, but you breaking uh, the ice. I told Katie out of all the things my pastor could have asked me to do to serve my church. It's get in front of a camera and speak publicly. So thank you for <laughs> stretching me <laughs> and growing me. But no, I'm excited. I think it'll be fun. We're like throwing torture. that comfort zone out the window. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What comfort zone? Nope, not here. <laughs> we don't do that. Uh, but yeah, we're excited about it. It'll be fun. It'll be a couple weeks before we start it because I'm going on vacation. Sorry. Yep. It's all Katie's fault. She's going on vacation with that one. Oh, wow, man, how does that work out? <laughs> Just kidding, freedom. Well, we'll talk about that on our first episode. Yeah, 
<laughs> oh, the freedom freedom from husbands? Is that the freedom that comes with vacationing alone. <laughs> oh, with I, your child. I, so it's not wait. really <laughs> so <cool. It's> not <laughs> Is that like a is that like a wife sabbatical? Is that what that is? Yeah. Or in or or in First Corinthians chapter seven, where it's like, uh, don't don't neglect one another, or don't withhold yourself from one another. Talking to married couples, mm-hmm. don't withhold yourself from one another, except by concession for a time, so that you might devote yourself to prayer and fasting. Is that yep, what we're there talking you about? Go. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's what Katie's going to be doing on her vacation is prayer and yeah. fasting. Get a break from me so she can focus on King Jesus. I'm down with that. It's Easter. <laughs> I I uh, I find it entirely attractive. I think it's sexy when you focus on Jesus. I'm just going to throw that out there. Hard <laughs> <laughs> <Our> turtle. <laughs> <laughs> If you, if you hadn't noticed on the blacktop, all things go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, there probably are some things that aren't acceptable, but we haven't run into those yet. Well, on the blacktop, <laughs> you'd end up with some roadkill if you get too far off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what's, what's that? What's that parody song? I like big Bibles, and I cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> no. I have to send that to you. It's ridiculously oh my weird. Gosh. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that sounds that sounds a little different. <laughs> you know, Both the music yeah, video. Have phone today. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh back to back to Passion Week, back to the Easter celebration. I said I kind of wanted to get a Holy Tuesday. Um, of course, it's it's interesting that every day in Passion Week has its own title, has its own name. And I if when I mention this, like nobody everybody's like, really? Like, like it does. Yeah. And about the closest you get to hearing it in church is in a Lutheran church. So kudos to Lutherans on this, right? But the celebration of Maundy Thursday, right? So it's, it's cool. So you got the first Sunday, which is Palm Sunday, and then Monday, which is Fig Monday, because Jesus cursed the fig tree. You have Tuesday, which is Holy Tuesday. It's during Holy Week. Um, some of the commentaries you read are like nothing significant happened on Tuesday, which I disagree with because I think Matthew 24 was on Tuesday, right? Uh, which is pretty significant. So Holy Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, Spy Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Monday, Thursday, and Friday, Good Friday, because that's the day on which Christ actually gave his life as a substitutionary atonement for sin. Saturday, uh, Black Saturday or Black Sabbath. Perhaps you recognize the band name there, right? Black Saturday. Uh, or Resurrection Sunday, then is the Sunday following the Sabbath day. Uh, but each each day has its own name, uh, which is really interesting and something that's rarely talked about. And today is Tuesday, which means it's Holy Tuesday. Uh, does, does anyone here know the significance of Holy Holy Tuesday? It has something to do with Jesus. Yes. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. That's my contribution. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like your Reese's mug that you're drinking out of. Yeah. What's yours? I stole it. So. I'm a little jealous. Yeah. I love Reese's. Yeah, I love Reese's Can you too. Tell? I don't <laughs> I don't I don't eat a lot of candy, so I have to have a mug to remind yeah. me that Reese's is good because it's amazing. Get a Reese's flavored coffee. Mm. Mm. Nah, I'd rather have a single source. Yeah. <laughs> right to the cup that tobacco coffee you served last week was awesome <laughs> that's on point mm. yeah. <laughs> get a big bag of that <laughs> yeah. uh, so holy tuesday here's the timeline i put together uh for anybody watching you can find this timeline on my personal blog and at the church of sunsites.com 
on this timeline on Holy Tuesday. I have Jesus spends the morning teaching his disciples about the end of the age and the coming of his kingdom. This is in Matthew 24, 1 through 26, 5. Uh, The chief priests and elders plot to kill Jesus. And in the evening, Jesus is anointed and Judas bargains with uh, the chief priests under cover of night. And that's what I so what I have happening on Tuesday, of course, figuring out a timeline during Holy Week is uh, a little bit of science and a little bit of art. So people disagree on, you know, which day specific things happen in the Gospels, uh, say Matthew and Mark. Um, they have Jesus entering the temple and tossing over temple tables on different days. Uh, Matthew has it on Sunday, um, on Palm Sunday, and Mark has it on Fig Monday. Of course, it is possible that Jesus entered the temple on both days and the temple's a pretty big place and did that on both days. Um, so Holy Tuesday, Jesus is teaching about the coming of the kingdom, Matthew 24 through 26. Uh, bro, I, I think you're going to like the next part of this conversation. <laughs> what is, what is Matthew chapter 24 about? It's enlighten us. You're the, you're the expert here. Enlighten us. <laughs> it's about the coming kingdom. Um, oh, <laughs> Easter! <laughs> it's about Easter. What? <laughs> Christ return, right? Yeah. Let me oh. let me flip over to it. Um, are are we talking about a specific specific passage here? Uh, it, it, open open game here. Okay. Um. Well, let's see. Yeah, um, there's a lot here. So the uh, a whole lot to be talked about here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say we could we could jump down to 29 if, if we look at it immediately after the tribulation of those days. Uh, it might be starting a little bit late, but oh uh, yeah. Well, we can set the context by looking at 24. Uh, one, so Jesus came into the temple, uh, and his disciples eventually come up to him. He's talking about, you know, not one stone here will be left on top of another. Uh, they're referring to the destruction of the temple in AD 70, because in verse 34, he says, all of these things will happen within this generation, which includes the stones being thrown down and surprise after Jesus predicted it, it literally happened like it. There's no saying, oh, that's figurative language or, oh, that's for some thousands of years in the future when Jesus says this will happen within this generation. And then it happened exactly like Jesus said it was in and uh, said it would in AD 70. And then in verse three, his disciples uh, come to him. He's on the Mount of Olives. His disciples come to him and say, hey, uh, when will these things happen? When will the sign of your coming happen? And then Jesus proceeds to tell them all of the Old Testament prophetic signs that would accompany his coming kingdom and the coming of his judgment upon the world, um, particularly the nation of Israel. And yeah, after that, a good time to, uh, a good place to go would be verse 29. You can take it from there, bro. I well, just thought I'd set the stage. Well, verse 12, he says, because lawlessness is increased, yeah. most people's love will grow, 12, go, grow cold. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening in the world. Yeah. And it started, you know, oh, it started a long, long time yeah, ago. But yeah. I mean, it's just increasing and increasing. And people seem less happy and less loved. And I think a lot of that has to do with not 
paying attention to the word of God mm -hmm. or reading your Bible, know your Bible. Yeah. I think a lot of that is uh, entailed in there and not to follow false prophets. Yeah. And that, that's an important thing that Jesus prefaces all this with is do not be deceived. Um, yeah. And it's like the, 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 the context of what's happening here is, is Jesus talking about the, the end of an age. And, and he says, these things are here and, and, and they're, they're happening in the midst of this generation. The kingdom of God is upon you. Um, the end is coming and, and you are going to observe it. And, and then he, he talks about all these horrible things increasing um, the, the, like you said, Darby, the, the coldness of the love of people because of the lawlessness of the land and, and the fighting and, and the poverty and, and all these horrible things, which again, um, we, we see that in history. We saw that, uh, amongst Israel when God was judging them, as Jesus says, um, he came, you know, the, the judgment of Israel, uh, what was coming, which is why the Pharisees, the leaders were so angry at him, the blaspheming that, that Jesus, this, this man, uh, this nobody, according to them would judge them, the religious rulers, um, and, and, and Kings of their day. And here's this, appear, you know, apparently this, this peasant man who a lot of people like to follow as we see them even acknowledge, look, what, what good are you? You know, they're all going after him. You know, what have you accomplished? Yeah. Um, you know, and then all these things, uh, they, they take place and, and, you know, Jesus even shows that here's the, the fig tree, you know, here's the cursing. Here's, here's what's happening right now amongst you. And, and this is the, the arrival of, of the kingdom of Christ, the, the rule that Zechariah talks about, um, his his rule, his dominion will be from sea to sea. It is now here. Uh, you know, the, the prophets uh, would have loved to see what they spoke of, of on this arrival of the kingship, the kingdom of heaven coming to earth, this colliding of, of the secular world um, with the rule of God and saying, I am going to make things new, which Jesus rejoiced over. You talk about getting exciting, like Jesus talked about, look at me, I am making all things new. He was excited about this arrival of his kingdom and his, his now accomplishing what he had purposed from before the foundation of the world. And, and then we see the tribulation of those days, which this is, this is where um, I, I believe it, the language is very clear. The sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. This is like old covenant or Andrew, what do you prefer to, to, to call the, the, the older writings? Um, not that, not the old Testament, <laughs> the but first yeah. Testament, the first, the first Testament. Testament. Yeah. So, so the, the language of Jesus, obviously, because he wrote it, is very rich in the first Testament uh, language that we see in his judgment against other nations, which were, were same language, sun, dark and moon, not give us light stars will fall from heaven. You know, that the, the, the powers of heaven shaken, like this language is judgment language. You see it with, with Egypt. You see it with Babylon. It's, it's, you could reference it yourself. Um, this is the language being talked about. Now it's being talked about with the nation of Israel, another judgment, another coming of God's judgment on a people. And now it is Israel and it came. And my goodness, is it on the books? It is not a theory. Um, it is not speculated. The, the, the darkness 
of that place under God's judgment is very real. Uh, there's apocrypha that, that alludes to all the things that the extra biblical writings that talk about the depravity and the evil um, that I believe when we compare even up to today, even with the horrors that we see today, um, they don't surpass, like Jesus said, um, wouldn't be worse than those days. They don't surpass today. I don't believe ever will again what we saw and you know at the destruction that that generation that saw the judgment of Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus when he taught about the um signs of the end of the age, uh, his coming in judgment and the coming of his kingdom. Um I, I think it's all happening within this generation, right? The generation he is talking to because even here in verse 20 uh 34 he says uh that uh, truly I say to you this generation will not pass away until these things take place. If we just take Jesus at his word, then all of the signs described here, uh, the coming of Christ and the coming of his kingdom, they have to take place within that generation. Of course, uh, he, he is inaugurated on Palm Sunday. His kingdom is here at the ascension, if we take the Bible seriously, right? Because he ascends to the throne of David and ascends to the right hand of God the Father as the federal head of creation. And then the end of the age there seems to be A.D. 70. And then the, the tribulation that follows is crazy. And tribulation in the first century was way worse than any tribulation in any nation today. Uh, I, would, I would venture to say even worse than the tribulation we see for Christians in, in places like North Korea today. I think it was probably worse in Rome. And Christianity was more widespread in Rome, so there there were more people to persecute, more tribulation to go around. Um, And it really is. You look at Christianity in the first century, it's a horrific type of existence. Like, that's the stuff Mm -hmm. of horror movies, the stuff of nightmares. Mm -hmm. And and it was real in the first century. And, uh, you know, we experience bad things today. Christians experience persecution and death today but nowhere near that degree, which I think says a whole lot about uh, about how reliable the Bible is and what it just plainly says. And Jesus, who taught, no one knows the day or the hour. There he wasn't referring to, not even me, only the Father knows. I don't even know, right? Look, Jesus, he wasn't He wasn't talking about his second coming when he said that. He was talking about the coming and establishment of his kingdom there in the first century, because here he says it's going to happen within this generation. Um, And so he didn't know like the specific day and hour that his life was, you know, he was going to give up his breath um, while he was in the flesh on this earth. The father did. And he didn't know the specific day or hour while he was in the flesh, probably of the the destruction of Jerusalem, uh, the stones being toppled down from one another. Uh, but he did know it was going to happen within that generation. Right. Uh, and he did teach that it was going to happen within that generation. So he knew when, but he, he didn't know exactly what time on which day, uh, which he, is really interesting. Yeah. And he warned the disciples in twenty four Matthew 24, verse 6, you'll be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place, but that is not yet the end. So he's telling his disciples, this is going to be terrible. But, you know, if you're in Christ as they were, then do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. And that's the message for us, I think. Yeah. And and I I find it um, 
really enlightening too. Like the, the, then anything, anything unique about the, the only thing unique about Jesus saying this here at any other time in history was that they were actually at a time of peace. Um, and we haven't seen that from nation against nation. And, and that's where we're, when we look at it historically, it's, it's the, the Pax Romana. And the only time that we look at this and be like, wow, like um, there's going to be w- wars and, and rumors of wars. And, really? And, Isn't Rome preventing that right now? Is, uh... Yeah. And, and this is like a time of real peace that they're, they're seeing in their land. And, and like, this is, this is what, what happened. Uh, the, the, the peace broke and uh, Rome came down and, and crushed the people. Um, it was very clear. Um, and, and that's one of the things that we, we see that, that the only thing that was really unique instead of, well, you could say that at any time, well, wars and rumors of wars, of course, that you could always say that. Well, not at this moment in history uh, where they were in Jesus's time. That's, that brought the uniqueness of making a prophetic statement like he did here. That's a good point, bro. Yeah. yeah. Very good. I can't, I can't clarify that anymore. You did just so well. Mm-hmm. Why, why am I even here? He <laughs> <laughs> holds this place right here. Oh, I'm, just a, I'm just a placeholder. I'm just yeah. a mouthpiece. <laughs> I was just, when Darby was talking, it made me think of John 16, 33. When Jesus is speaking and he says, uh, I've told you these things that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart because I have overcome the world. It's not I will mm-hmm. overcome it, but I have, I have overcome it. Yeah, love that. You, just, you, you continue to see like the fulfillment of all the First Testament prophecies concerning the Messiah, the deliverance of Israel and the renewal of the whole creation and the doing away with of the curse. And it's Jesus says, yep, I have done that. Like there's no mistaking Jesus's words. It's not, I will do not. I've done part of that. And the rest of it's going to wait till later. No, Jesus says, I have done it. There is an already not yet sense of the kingdom, right? It's, It's not fully consummated, but it is fully established. And I think that's a fair right. point to make. Jesus said, I have done this on the cross. He said, it is finished. And right. if we are really, if we really believe Christ, then that's what, that's what we believe. Good point, Katie. Great point. See, that's what I'm talking about. The intelligence is astounding. I didn't even finish college. What? <laughs> <laughs> Neither did Spurgeon. So you're good. He was a plumber. <laughs> What what else do we have to add to that conversation, y'all? Any, anything? <laughs> I'm I'm super excited about secret women stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we if we watch that, we'd be invading their world. Invading their world, <laughs> uh, spying on secret women stuff. By I think you guys will have more men observing the episodes than women <laughs> with a notepad <laughs> taking notes. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, hmm. is that is that biblical for a man to listen to a woman's podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it's biblical to have a podcast. 
I looked at it. I looked it up in my concordance. It was not there. Not there. <laughs> oh wait, are are we at church that that is uh, on the on the regulative principle? Or the normative principle. Where's the verse that talks about um, women teaching younger women to be good wives and mothers? Not saying that we're old enough to do that. Thanks, Katie. There are not younger people than us. Little asterisk (laughs) there. We're in the middle. middle. (laughs) No, I think it's perfectly biblical for men to learn from women if women are more intelligent than them and know more than them and have more experience than them. I think that's just fine. Uh, but when we get to First Corinthians and uh, and First Timothy uh, on Sunday mornings, we'll we'll see what the Apostle Paul has to say. But I, I, I don't think that's restrictive as much as it is just a, a declaration about who who God is through the offices of the church. So yeah, cool. You want to? Yeah, I agree. Right now, and and I, I like that part about. Uh, I I mean. Can can you overbrag on on our fellowship? Uh, we exalt our women in uh, the yeah. church at Sun Sites, and we oh, don't yeah. shove them in the kitchen and say you're only good for baking. And <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm kind of jealous that I don't get to cook more around here. Come on, I know. Guys. Hey, I think feel we free to pull in the barbecue one day. Oh, they do cook wonderfully. You're an amazing <laughs> cook, but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you weren't trying to insult your wife. No. <laughs> No, I, there's there's a lot of weird ways to say it. Like we love our women. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't know how to properly say like. <laughs> it all sounds wrong. This is the real reason why we don't normally have our wives on the show. They drive us crazy, and we end up saying a lot of awkward stuff because like, a little yeah. bit, a little bit because we're, we're twiddle pated. That's <laughs> get the shovel. Darby's really glad he brought that extension cord or whatever today, aren't you, Darby? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. All right. So y'all be sure to keep an eye out for Secret Women Stuff, SWS. It'll be coming out sometime within the next few weeks. Yeah, is that fair? All right. Sometime within the next, next few week, weeks. Maybe. Hey, I'm, yeah. I think you guys should do a video. Mm. The yeah. Secret woman stuff video. Yeah, video, not just audio. It has like to be a, like a commercial. But I mean, like a like a. <laughs> can make it like, like one a commercial, of those awkward like videos yeah, where like people a, are like doing facial things while they're talking. It's like I can't listen to you because what, you're like. What are you talking about? Like face yoga? <laughs> yeah. face, Ew, yoga. face yoga. <laughs> All right, that, that's it for the blacktop pulpit, y'all. We are we are digressing quickly here, so that is it. Check out the church at sunsites.com. Check out the resources we have available there for you. Uh, past sermons, Bible studies, of course, this week, all the stuff coming out about Passion Week. Be sure to keep up with our videos there. Uh, we will see you on Sunday at 8.30 a.m., MST, that's Mountain Standard Time. That's right, because we're not on daylight savings time like the rest of the United States, because Arizona is the last free state in the union. <laughs> and, if right. you, and if you come in person, you'll meet so many nice people. Yeah. That so, just love each other and exalt each other in all kinds of ways. I'm into that. So we will see you on 
Sunday on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, whatever your preference is, since Easter is just derived from the Greek term Pascha, which means Passover. Anyway, I don't care if you use that term. Uh, we're not against that so much. Uh, we will see you then. Be sure to check out the churchofsunsites.com and click that donate button. Pray for our ministry so that we can continue to do the ministry that we are doing uh, in our community and around the world. We will catch y'all next time. Praise God. That's it. Mm -hmm. We're done recording.